Welcome to another episode of the Anduke Day Show, the podcast brought to you on a beautiful Saturday. So, it's been a while. It's been a minute since I've talked, since I've did an only tennis episode. So, I figured today is a good time to do that because we now know all the eight players that are going to play in London. So, this is called the World Tour Finals because basically it's the last tennis event of the year on the men's side and it's pretty popular there are it's it's a big event it's a huge event and there are only eight players there the draw the schedule actually is very different the bracket there are two groups yeah this is the only tennis event where you have two groups it's a star-studded event all the basically players who are there are the eight best players that year so that's a fact because they are they get there depending on what they did this the season depending on their points so yeah it's a show basically so and today are going to be the semi-finals of the last masters event we have this year in paris bercy so i want to first try to preview these semi-finals and then we are going to talk about what will happen in London and yeah let's let's get right into it so first we have Medvedev and Raonic so Daniel Medvedev last season was incredible incredible and I thought that I really thought that he, he could win a Grand Slam this year so last year he won Shanghai Cincinnati, St. Petersburg, and Sofia, right? And he was in the final at the US Open. So, incredible achievements, huge achievements. Now, he's in the semi final. So, the last match he played against Varsman, he won in one hour and three minutes, the match of the year for him. And it's sad because it, it, it is the end of the year. How can you play your best match so far into the season? He has not been in shape, he played terrible, a lot of unforced errors, his serve was not working this entire season, his movement looked a bit weird. I mean, yeah, maybe he was tired from the run he had the past season, but he had a break, you know? So, he played great in the US Open, yeah? He lost in the semifinals against Tim, who eventually became the champion, so yeah. Let's go. Let's go a little bit before that. Actually, so in Cincinnati, he lost in the quarterfinals against Roberto Bautista. Good. Yeah, he, it was a close match, but he won this event last year. Oh no, he didn't win. Sorry, he 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 went into the final at this event last year, where he was defeated by Nadal. But so another achievement. If you want in Cincinnati, good performance in US Open, but then humble. Lost in the first round? Are you kidding me? At the 500 event? Then Roland Garros, same. Lost in the first round against Marton Fukšovic. Then St. Petersburg, Russia, in his home, he was defending his title. He lost to Riley Opelka in the second round. Then Vienna, another. Huge event. I mean, 
the draw was insane and the players that played there were literally insane for such an event, but he lost to Kevin Anderson. So, he, he didn't play as good as he played last season. It was a huge difference. He really played bad. But now he has a chance to redeem himself against one of the surprises, if you want, this season, a revival performance. So, Miloš Raonic has not won a tournament since, since when? 2016 in Brisbane? So, four years since he won his last tournament, he dealt with a lot of injuries. And this year, at the first tournament back in Cincinnati, he went to the finals and won a set against Djokovic, the eventual champion. So, he defeated Tsitsipas in the semifinals. And you thought, can he make, can, can he make another push? Because, remember, I think he did. Yeah, he played he played the the Wimbledon, the Wimbledon final in 2016, in 2016, sorry. So I thought, oh, could we have a revival for him? Then it US Open he lost in the second round to Vasek Pospisil. Then in the Masters in Rome he lost in the second round against Lajovic. Then in St. Petersburg again. Here he had a better performance. Yeah, he defeated Hachanov pretty easily. But then lost to Borna Cioric. And then in Antwerp, a two, a, he lost. I mean, he retired in the quarterfinals. And now he's back. He's back into the semifinals. And it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup between him and Medvedev because they are both players that have a wonderful forehand, a powerful forehand, a powerful serve. I don't know if they're exactly the same height. I think Raonic is a little bit taller than Medvedev, but... Oh no, actually Medvedev is two centimeters taller than Raonic. I really look forward to this game. So they play together twice. Medvedev leads 2-0. He defeated him in Brisbane in 2019 and in Tokyo in 2018. So... It's gonna be interesting to see because... I really think Raonic has a valid chance. And the way Medvedev played this season, he doesn't deserve to win. I mean, unbelievable performance against Diego Schwarzman, who had an excellent end of the season. But other than that, he disappointed. He really didn't. I feel bad for him. Now, the other semi-final that is played today is Rafael Nadal against Alexander Zverev. And I don't want to talk about Alexander Zverev for one second. You probably know why, so he's not going to be mentioned again in this episode. Let's talk a bit about Rafael Nadal, who, before the tournament started, he won the Roland Garros. Yes, he sucks at indoor hard courts. But I really feel good. Okay, so Djokovic is not playing, so Medvedev is not in form. I figured that, honestly, I figured that the only player that could stop him was going to be Andrei Rublev, based on his performance this entire season. He has the most tournaments won, he has the most matches won, Rublev, this season. And I thought, okay, so maybe he can cause Nadal some problems. But then, 
first game, Nadal lost, loses the first set against the 39 years old Lopez. And I figured, oh my God, he's in trouble. He does not play good. Then again, eventually he defeated him, but it was a hard battle. 7-6-6-4 in the second and third set. Then again, uh, next match against Thompson. He wins the first set 6-1 and you figure, oh, okay, he's back in shape. Then the second set, he comes to a tiebreak. Third round, quarterfinals against Carreño Busta. I swear to God, I watched this game and midway through the second set, I figured, yeah, Nadal is out. Carreño Busta outplayed him and it was really... He somehow managed to stay in the set. And he had 6-5. Carino Busta was serving. And that deuce, he hit two amazing forehand winners that basically brought him the second set and then Carino lost it mentally. He was like, okay, so I played better than this guy the entire match and now look at what he's doing to me. I have no chance of beating him. And eventually, Nadal won the third set 6-1. But Carino Busta lost that game mentally because... On the court, for the first two sets, even even though Nadal won the second set, if you watch the first two sets, Carino Busta was the better player. In the third set, the story was different. Nadal stepped up his game a little bit and Carino was all over the place. So, and now he's in the semifinals against the German person. I don't know what to say because, yeah, no. I will stop here because I said that I will, I, I won't talk about that kid. So, and Rublev got defeated by Vavrinka, and I did not expect that. And then Vavrinka got eliminated by who? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Who defeated Vavrinka? I think it was. Wow. I'm mad. I'm mad right now because I don't remember. Medvedev, right. So, right? Am I talking crazy right now? So, let me check to be sure. No, oh my god. So, Medvedev played against Schwarzman. Who defeated Wawrinka, man? What? How can I not remember that? No, I'm mad, so I, I will search right now. Because I really don't remember this. Vavrinka Paris. So, Vavrinka defeated Rublev, and I did not expect that, because, as I said, Rublev was amazing. Oh, Zverev defeated Vavrinka. Yeah. Sorry, I mentioned his name again. So, Vavrinka defeated Rublev, and I figured the same thing I, fi I, I, I thought for a second, the same thing I thought about Raonic. At the beginning of the restart of the season. Can Vavrinka have one more push? Can Vavrinka win mo one more huge event? And turns out that right now at least he can't. And yeah, so Nadal... I would say he's the favorite, but he, does, he doesn't look great at all. Moving on, I would say that this tournament is very important for him, obviously, because he has never won here. So he likes two masters. 
the one in Miami where he played the final five times, five times, he never won. And here when I think he played the final in 2007. So, yeah, he has a shot to win this, a valid shot. And the next tournament, as I said, is the World Tour Finals. If you want to do a quote-unquote translation of how we call this in Romania, it would be the Tournament of Champions. And the one thing that everyone, including me, a huge Nadal fan, we hold Nadal very accountable for not winning that tournament. Never ever. He made the finals twice there, at London, in the O2 Arena. He never won the tournament. It is a fact well known that indoor hard arenas are Nadal's worst nightmare. As good he is on clay, he never won Paris or London. And I, I really hold him accountable. When, when we debate Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, yeah, this is a huge drawback of Nadal's resume, if you ask me. So now, let's go and talk about the players that actually qualified for London, because the list is done, and talk a little bit about each of them and each of their performances this season. So, starting with the year-end number one for a record-tying six-time, Novak Djokovic. Man, so this guy has four titles this season. The Australian Open, Dubai... Cincinnati and Rome. Honestly, if it weren't for that disqualification in US Open, he would probably won that too. I mean, he was a favorite. And he made the final at Roland Garros. So, incredible year, deserving year-end number one, obviously. But, there is actually a player with more matches won than him. We'll get to him later. So this year, Djokovic has 39 wins and 3 losses. And those losses are to a disqualification, Rafael Nadal and Lorenzo Sonego. How weird that sounds. <laughs> so, Djokovic did not play in Paris because the way the ATP designed this new protecting ranking system, given the pandemic, Djokovic, who won Paris last season, would not have won Every any point if he repeated the performance. So he decided to go to Vienna, place he I don't know when he played there last time, I know it was a long time ago. And he secured the year and number one. And then in the quarterfinals, I think, against Lorenzo Sonego, incredible Cinderella story at that event, he ended up losing in the finals to Rublev, but he lost and Djokovic admitted that his focus was not there, he secured what he wanted, he won, I don't know, 100 points, I think, or something like that, to secure that spot, and that's it for him. He'll, his focus is obviously now on the World Tour Finals. So, where he's the favorite, obviously, he won that event five or six times in his career, so I don't remember exactly, and I really don't see who can, besides Rublev, I don't see who can win, but... But again, we have some weird ATP finals in the last season. I mean, some 
players won and you, you don't expect that. You see Tsitsipas last season. I think it was Dimitrov in 2017 in the final against Goffin. So, yeah, you really don't expect some of these things. And we'll see. Man, Djokovic this season is 10-0 in ATP Masters 1000. He played two and he won those two. And he's 16-2 Grand Slams. So, hats off to his season. Next, we move to Rafael Nadal, who played a lot less this season and was not that good. I mean, he played three tournaments since the restart. He played in Rome, where he lost in the quarterfinals to the performance of his lifetime in Diego Schwarzman. And then he won the Roland Garros, and now he's in the semifinal set. Paris. So, you can't say he had a bad season, he just didn't play that much. So, he has 26 matches in total, 22 wins and 4 losses. And he has two, two tournaments this season, only two. In uh, Acapulco and Roland Garros. Yeah, we will see if he can get another one here at the Masters in Paris, but not much to talk about Nadalek actually this season because it was the usual stuff, you know, handling his business in Roland Garros, winning a record-breaking extended 13 times, which is as crazy as I ever heard something in my lifetime. So, hats off to him. I I won't be surprised, actually. So if Nadal does not pass the group phase in London, I won't be surprised at all. Because, yeah, he won the, these matches he played in Paris so far, but his opponents there will be tougher. And he doesn't look like he's in his best shape. But in, again, so I said that Nadal does not look great at the US Open, at the French Open, sorry. Because, yeah, he didn't face much competition, actually, until the quarterfinals, I don't know. I mean, he played Zinner there, and he won pretty comfortably, but, yeah, other than, uh, and Schwarzman, and I did not expect Nadal to lose again against Schwarzman. That would have never happened. But in the finals, given the form of Djokovic, man, I did not expect that. That beatdown, 6-0-6-2-7-5, he destroyed it. I mean, Egor Gerasimov took more games in the first round of Roland Garros. So, but then again, London is not Roland Garros, so we will see. Next, Dominic Thiem. So, I always, Dominic Thiem is now injured. Something wrong with his foot. And I always, always criticized him when he was younger. That he plays way too much. He plays way too much tournaments. And he did the same, I, not, not really the same thing right now, but... So, since the restart, he lost in the first round of Cincinnati. Terrible. Horrible performance. Then he won US Open. Which was great for him, obviously. His first ever Grand Slam. Then in Roland Garros, he lost in the quarterfinals against his good friend Schwarzman in five sets. He was obviously 
tired. He played, he had a tough draw as well, playing Cilic in the first round, Rude in the third round. He played five sets in the fourth round, so yeah, he was very tired. Then he played in Vienna to defend his title and he lost in the quarterfinals to the eventual champion, Rublev. He did not play Paris because of his injury and because he wanted to be healthy again, to be healthy for London. So this year he has won only one tournament, US Open, but he made the final in Australia at the beginning of the year, which seems like it was 10 decades ago. So his season was not that bad, but I always, I always hated that he plays way too many tournaments and his body will simply not resist to that. And look at what happens now. He has an injury. Yes, he did not play a lot this year, but maybe because he played so much the past season, th those things accumulated and are starting to hurt him now. I always, always praised Federer. Now, at his, in his late career, obviously, team is not 39, it's Federer, but Federer starting since he was, I don't know, 31, 32, to play less tournaments, to condition himself, to conserve his body. And look at him now, at 39 years of age. Yes, he did not play this season, he had two knee surgeries, but you think he was, he stopped, he's done winning? You really think that? I don't. I don't know if he can win another Grand Slam, but he can be in the mix at 39 years of age, so maybe teams should stop playing that many tournaments. Moving on, we have Tsitsipas with I don't want to really call it a disappointing season, but kind of was actually, so he has 20 win 28 wins, but he has 11 losses. At that bring at big tournaments, he did not play good. So he played solid at the beginning of the season. He won a tournament in Marseille. He played the final in Dubai and Hamburg. But I'm looking now at his results and he lost in the semifinals at Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a good performance, but you would expect him to defeat Raonic. Then at the US Open, he lost in the third round to Chorich. Then at Rome, he lost in the first round. Bounced back at Hamburg, made the finals, lost to Rublev, who... Oh my god, Rublev is just amazing this season. Then he defeated Rublev at Roland Garros, at lost in the semifinals to, the, to Novak Djokovic. So he had a good tournament in Paris. Then in Vienna, he lost to Dimitrov, who defeated at Roland Garros. And he lost to Dimitrov in the second round. And he, he, he played Paris. But he lost. Here in Paris as well. In the second round. So, I don't know actually what to expect for him. He has a chip on his shoulder because... He won the tournament last season, so 
will he be able to repeat the performance and win again at the NITO ATP finals? I think you can make the case because he's such an... You don't expect that. I mean, as I said, he had some bad performances, but he also had some good performances this season. It's a mixture of behavioral things, actually, because I, I think with Tsitsipas, you know, it's, it is all on his behavior. Because his game is very good. Obviously, he's still very young. He's 22 years of age, but he sometimes loses mentally. And when he's not there mentally, he will never win. Because he's talented enough. And I think he also played too much. Yeah, he's also young, but maybe he should have not played Vienna and Paris, both of them. Choose one. I mean, I don't know if he would have played Paris, if he would have gotten far in Vienna, but he played, so there you go. Next on our list, we have... Man, if you ask me, player of the year so far and I think if he somehow gets into the semi-finals or finals of the world tour in London he'll probably be actually the player of the year I mean he won five events Doha Adelaide Hamburg St. Petersburg and Vienna yes he did not win a Grand Slam Water Masters 1000 trophy he has 39 wins this season Hats off to Andrei Lubrev from Russia for qualifying for the first time at this event. So, his restart began terrible. He lost in the first out at Cincinnati. Then he started to pick it up. So, lost in the quarterfinals at the US Open against his compatriot Daniel Medvedev in a, a very thought, very long match. Three sets. Then, at Rome, again, disappointment. Lost in the second round to Hubert Hurkacz. Then, he started to win again. He won in Hamburg, where he had some good matches. He defeated pretty easily Roberto Bautista good. Then Tsitsipas in third sets. Then he came Central Langaros. He faces Tsitsipas again. Guys, remember that he won Hamburg on a Saturday or on a Sunday, and he immediately had to flew to Paris to play in Los in, at Roland Garros. Both him and Tsitsipas. And it was really amazing that they faced each other again in the quarterfinals. Then at St. Petersburg, his home, he won. And he defeated Chapovalov, he defeated, he defeated Koric, who also had a great season in the finals. Then, immediately, he goes to Vienna. He wins again. He defeats Tim there, the hometown champion and the favorite. So, Andrei Rublev is the man of the hour right now. He's playing unbelievable tennis and I really want to hear him. And I really want to see him against Nadal or Djokovic because unfortunately he did not face them so far in this year. So, I'm looking forward to that. Then, on the last spot, a first-time qualifier as well, we have the little Diego Schwarzman, who played, who also have a disappointing start, restart. 
He lost in the US Open in the first round. In the first round. Then again, Kitzbuchel, where he was between the panel, two free favorites. He won he lost at the second round. Then he started he started to, to play great. He defeated Nadal and Chapovalov at Masters 1000 Rome, where he eventually lost in the finals to Novak Djokovic. Then at Roland Garros he made the semifinals. He lost against Nadal. He defeated Team along the way. Then he goes to Cologne, where he makes the finals. He loses there. And now he was eliminated again at Paris. But man, he played great this season. 23 wins. He and Medvedev are the only players that qualified to this event without winning a title this season. He had three finals though. Schwarzman. And did Medvedev had any finals? I think no. No. So Medvedev had not has not played a single final this season. And given this protective ranking that the ATP had to improvise. He qualified. And he is now number four. Right? He's, he's now number four on the list. On the list, sorry, on the rankings. Passing Roger Federer, who would have been number 100, I think, if he if he didn't have his rankings protected. Wow. That would have been an interesting turn of events. So he would have been 39, ranked 100, playing in Australia, if that will happen. Because I've seen reports. So, I mean, opening a bracket right now. Guys, we have tennis right now, right before our eyes, in Paris, where there is a lockdown, where are thousands of ten thousands of cases every day of the virus and in australia where when there is only one one person at intensive care they they are not so sure that they want to host the australian open are you just think about this i don't know if this is a good thing for as a tennis fan, it's a terrible thing if the Australian Open will not happen. But think of how countries... So, we're not thinking about tennis right now. Think about how countries handle this health crisis. There was the US Open being played, and a few months earlier, the US Open arena was used for bad hospitals for people who needed intensive care. Can you process that? And Australia, who, I don't know how many cases they have right now, a, a few. They are still, they are thinking about not hosting the event. With or without fans. I mean, if they are thinking about hosting, they are probably not having fans. Can you imagine that? It's crazy. 
Now, getting back to tennis. We mentioned Zvartman. Unbelievable season, man. The season of his career, he's 28 years of age. Wow, he's only a year older than Tim. I thought the difference was, was much higher. Wow. You, but you learn new things every day. So, these are all the players that qualified. I mean, you, I mentioned seven. There are eight. You probably know who the eighth one is, but I really don't want to talk about him, as I mentioned that earlier. I'm really looking forward to see if Nadal can win the tournament in Paris tomorrow. We are right now, as I'm recording this, one hour away from the beginning of the first semifinal in Medvedev and Raonic. We'll see. If somehow, I mean, Medvedev still has a shot in winning his first tournament this season. And what the tournament will it be? I mean, he played bad the entire restart and he now wins one of the huge tournaments that occurred this season. What an interesting turn of events, right? So, bear with me a little bit. I think I want to do an episode, but I'm waiting for the London event to end. So, I will, yes, I will obviously do a lot of episodes when that happens. But I th I'm thinking that after that ends and we have all the rankings froze for a while, I want to do an episode trying to make a list of the best players this season. Because I, f I found it really interesting. So, as I said, you have Rublev, who won 39 games this season, but he had not won a Masters 1000 or a Grand Slam. On the other hand, you have Nadal, who won only 21 or 22 games this season. and But he won a Grand Slam. And on the other hand, you have Medvedev, who won 18 games this season, but is somehow in the mix. Or who knows if he can win this event and play the same way in London and he wins there. How crazy would that be? So... I love tennis. It's an incredible sport. It's such an unexpected sport. I'm looking forward to see how today and tomorrow turn out. And we will hear each other back. To, to talking about tennis, I mean. When the London event starts. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Stay healthy. Peace out.